Welcome, everybody, to The World is a Mess, and I just want to steampunk it. This is episode 60. This is April 29th, 2022. I am your host, Steampunk Star Raising, and I am here in North Hollywood, California, USA. And I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Bertison, who is in Bellwood, Ontario, Canada. So how's it going, Daniel? Oh, pretty good. Um, so did you, did you see... Um that last episode of Picard. I did episode nine. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I was like, man, I mean, there was no cue in it. And no, they're saving him for the finale. And the problem is, is that it was kind of absurd and it contradicts the board. You could tell it was a, a done on a really low budget. That's the whole reason why season two takes place in the 21st century, so they cut back on costumes and props. And, you know, the the Borg, who she had plenty of time to assimilate, the SEAL Team 6, uh, you know, didn't look, they still looked human. They didn't look modified at all, except for that they had green laser scopes on their assault rifles. It was kind of Kind of absurd. You could tell, I mean, like on streaming series, because you're not getting, they're not getting paid millions of dollars from advertisements. It really shows that they don't have the revenue to do a proper show. I mean, um, you know, whether it be like uh, Hawkeye or Falcon of the Winter Soldier, even to a large degree, uh, the book of Boba Fett, felt restrained um so not only are you getting a reduced number of episodes of star trek picard you're also getting lower quality and it shows because and then it's not that everybody can see it because unless you sign up for one of the streaming services or unless you you're signed up for cbs all access you're not going to even be able to watch the show and so it, it severely limits the amount of advertisement it severely limits the number of viewers who'd be watching it. And it really shows. I mean, it, the, the Borg were absurd in this episode. They didn't even look like Borg. They just looked like mercenary henchmen. Uh, I don't know if I like the idea of the, what I like to call the murder doctor. Or, you know, I mean, it makes sense because she's kind of evil, but then it makes no sense that. In season two, she's allowed to stay in Starfleet and Picard even trust her, which makes no sense because she killed Maddox in season one. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I like this idea where, well, I am, I have merged with Borg Queen. Now I am kind of good, sort of, but I'm still going to steal the starship and strand everybody in the 21st century. Yeah, I mean... It's, I mean, it was, it you know, and the action scene was kind of lackluster and it makes no sense because of the Borg. I mean, I guess from a certain point of view, because the Borg Queen was a conflict with Dr. The, the murder doctor or Dr. Gerardi. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yep. Dr. Gerardi. Yeah. Uh, because she's a conflict with Dr. Gerardi, she encrypted the lockout. And then you got a character who's been dead the entire season 
what's his name? The Romulan guy with the sword. Um, Elrond. Elrond. That's right. See, I don't even care enough about these last two seasons to even memorize the character names. But yeah, Elrond, he's been dead the entire season, but now he comes back as an emergency combat hologram. But yet, he still chooses to use a sword instead of a, an assault rifle. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's interesting. It gets people, like- it, you know, he has, he, he picks up a Thaser assault rifle and he's like, no, I'll just get a sword. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes no sense. Gets gets people with assault rifles. And these are supposedly people from SEAL Team Six who've been assimilated. So they should have combat training and be able to counter somebody with a sword. So yeah, yeah I thought, I thought the episode food. was kind of absurd. And I have not liked Star Trek Picard thus far. And we're already all the way up to the end of episode nine. We only got one more episode for redemption. And somehow I feel like they're gonna they're gonna mess it up. Go ahead. What you what's your response to that? Um yeah, yeah. You know, they're like they're like they're like kung fu people um, soldiers, you know, they're really good. I, you know, uh yeah, yeah. They are they have lowered the budget, but for some reason they can make and it, it look, shows it opinion. really shows its story, it shows its special effects. You can tell because they don't have the millions of dollars streaming in from advertisers. They don't have the large audience that mainstream television would have. So you're 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 you you know you're having to limit the production costs based on the limit of the actors that you're willing to pay them and the audience that pays for subscriptions. And I just don't think it's going to be enough to keep up a good quality show. Definitely inferior to Next Generation. Mm. And inferior to Voyager. I mean, yeah, I think it's cool that that Seven does eventually mention Voyager, but I just thought it was very contrived that she gets the same implants in the exact same place because this is an altered timeline where she never got assimilated. She was always human. And then, you know, they wrote into the plot, well, we got to give Seven back her implants. So let's uh, make it where the Borg Queen has now become kind of good because she's crossed with Dr. Girardi and she decides to trade a starship for Seven's life. It makes no sense. It's kind of goofy, very contrived. Uh, yeah, so I didn't really care for this episode that much. Sorry. I know you probably liked it, but I thought it was kind of hokey. Mm, yeah. I mean, it could have been better, but I liked it. Pretty, it was pretty good. Um, well, I mean, it's entertaining. For a low budget. I mean, for a low on budget a budget show. Yeah, on a scale of one to ten, I would give it probably a three. But yeah, uh, it's yeah, still better. Little, it's yeah. still better than Star Trek Discovery, but that's a low bar, man. That's a low bar. Mm. I stopped watching Star Trek Discovery in the middle of season two because it just got too absurd and too offensive to my intellect. Yeah, you know, it's pretty, I mean, for a low budget show, it actually looks pretty damn good in my opinion. I mean, well, the story sucks. The story sucks. It's just dragging you along. It just feels like another filler episode. They're just dragging you along. Yeah. You know, for what it feels like is they got 10 episodes, but Man, we only got enough story and enough budget to really do one episode. So we're just going to string you along from episode to episode. We're going to have very little character development. 
oh, let's just arbitrarily, artificially throw in a romance between uh, Captain Rios and the Stargazer and uh, that doctor that he met in the 21st century, which, you know, if you're talking about contaminating the timeline, that's just totally absurd. I hate when they do stuff like that or, ooh, I have fallen in love, even though I'm supposed to be protecting the timeline. It's, it's absurd. I'm sorry. It's absurd. The whole season has been absurd. I, I just don't like it. I can't be spoon-fed this stuff. I mean, I'm going to watch it out of curiosity and to review it. Hopefully, maybe, you know, I was really hoping with them bringing Q back, it would be a lot better. But Q is kind of a supporting character, not a main character in this season. He, he appears like every other episode, but he's not in every episode. And hopefully we'll find out why Q is dying. And like, I'm assuming that's why he lost his power. Maybe they could write and wrap this up in a tidy way, but um, I am looking forward to season three because Star Trek Nemesis was not a proper send off to the next generation cast. So hopefully they can remedy that. Uh, they got one more season to fix it. And I think yeah. after that, I think uh, Patrick Stewart said that that's all he was going to do was three seasons. Mm -hmm. I think they, they only, yeah, because he's, everyone's saying he's too old, you know, and, um, He's not too old. He's just um, he's just old, but he's not too old. You're never too old as long as you're in good enough health to memorize your lines and to to be able to perform. Um, you know, and um, yeah, it was a, it was a shame, like you know how this season was like. Oh, no, okay. I mean, I like I liked it, but the last I mean, the last episode was a shame that you know, like okay, they got so they got rid of Murder Doctor. Uh, slash board queen Gerardi, and okay, fine. They made the board queen kind of a good guy now, but see now she's stuck in this. So now she flew off with Rio ship, right? Well, I would say she's gone from being the board queen has gone from being a hundred percent evil to seventy five percent evil because you yeah. don't realize she's merged with the murder doctor, and the murder doctor stole the ship. So she's about 75% evil. So, mm. but it's still kind of dorky. Well, I'm kind of good. I'm going to resuscitate seven. That's a fair trade. I'll take your starship in exchange for resuscitating seven. Although I'm going to leave you stranded in the 21st century. I don't know. It's just absurd. Uh, the whole episode was absurd. So, like now she, so now she flew away. And so now she's stuck in this branch reality. It is a branch reality because remember, like the queen. Did say well, I'm assuming you know there's somebody that had a theory that I saw in one of the reviews of uh, Star Trek Picard that said that they believe that the Borg, you know, because you had a Borg cube or a Borg ship, it wasn't even a cube, it was a ship. You had a Borg ship that came through, wanted to talk to Picard, and they didn't recognize it as the Borg in the beginning because you know it was. You know, they directly requested Picard. It didn't sound like the Borg, and it looked entirely different. And the, you know, you had that that uh, that temporal uh, rift in the space time continuum where the Borg queen, but she looks like a totally different Borg queen with a face mask, and um, she refers to Picard. And some people have theorized that that's actually 
the Dr. Girardi murder queen, board queen in the future after spending hundreds of years, you know, after spending, well, it's uh, early 25th century. So she, after spending 400 years assimilating people uh, and uh, she's become the new board queen and then she is now coming uh, from one of the parallel timelines into the prime timeline and transporting Picard back to the past. So and they also talked about the two Renees. So that's an interesting dynamic. I think that's a clue that this is a fractured timeline. Yeah. So it could be interesting is, depending yeah. on how they wrap it up. But like I said, this episode just seemed absurd with the way the Borg just easily got defeated. And they just, you could they don't even look like Borg. They just got green laser scopes on their assault rifles. Other than that, you would never know they were Borg. When I think about uh, it, it, it kind of makes makes them look scary in a way. They didn't Green, look scary. They just, they, just look, they just look absurd. So, like, you know, um, so, yeah, it's, uh, so now, yeah, they're, they're, I think they're using the Marvel, yeah, the Borg Queen did mention a lot about branch reality. It's like, oh, you can't see the branch from the tree, or, oh. Yeah, well, so they're oh, hinting at that, so. If they, you know, wrap yeah. it up in an interesting way by episode 10, then, and they explain a lot of the plot holes, then, yeah, I might change my opinion. But overall, I've not been happy with season two of the car. We're already 90% yeah. through. Yeah. So they got rid of, they got rid of them now. And now, okay, so like, okay, uh, the SEAL team, I don't know why, are they called? I don't think they're SEAL Team Six. I think they're just like some mercenaries. I don't know, but what? But they killed most of them. But now it's like you still have the like, yeah. Uh, remember they you have soon. You have the yeah. um, Adam soon. Adam soon. Yeah, I guess he's the first soon. That's why they call him Adam. But yeah, you still have Adam soon floating around. Going to probably cause problems in the next episode. And they're hinting but, the reason why they look the same, all the Soons across time they look the same, is because they cloned themselves. Because remember, he cloned daughter over and over and over. Yeah. So now they're saying, oh, he cloned. Well, they himself. don't explain that. It would be nice for them to explain that. They don't explain that. Mm -hmm. It's just really lazy writing, uh, poor character development, uh, poor setup for the plot device. Uh, and it's like I said, it feels like they only have enough content written and enough budget to properly only do one episode, but they're going to string you along for 10 episodes. And it's because they don't have advertisement and it's all based on subscription service. So it's going to be very limited. Um, it's only going to be a fraction of the audience that Next Generation have. Because like mm -hmm. Next Generation had been the most popular syndicated show uh, on TV. And now I know TV's changing, but with the decline of Netflix losing 200,000 subscribers and the cancel CNN Plus, which was supposed to be a streaming show, uh, which only lasted like three weeks. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. The future streaming, you know, the future streaming did look bright because of covid and everybody being home and being a captive audience either getting laid off from their job or forced to work from home um and then they were getting unemployment for a while they could afford streaming services and now since things the pandemic is still around i mean we still got about 300 people a day 
dying of COVID in the United States, but it's a lot less than what it used to be. The, the COVID restrictions have lifted. So that has led to the decline in streaming services. So we, it's, the future is uncertain. Some people are saying this puts streaming services in doubt. So I, you know, I would concur with that. Um, I think uh, there's still going to be a slight demand for cable TV. There's still going to be a demand for people, uh, movie theaters to see movies in movie theaters because you want the movie theater experience. And there's still going to be a demand for streaming, but I think you still got, you got to do, if you're going to do a business strategy as an entertainment company, like whether it be Warner Brothers or Disney or CBS or Paramount, you have got to incorporate all of these. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to have like uh, a trans business model. Uh, and what I mean by trans business model, it's got to branch across all different. Uh, you know, you got to you got to incorporate transmedia, a trans business model for transmedia, which is a business strategy that incorporates streaming, movie theaters traditional television, traditional cable television, uh, internet, social media incorporates all of that. Uh, and, you know, I think it's adapting and we'll see. It'll, the next 10 years for streaming and entertainment should be interesting as long as we don't have World War Three. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, if we have World War Three. The entertainment will be, you know, like which which pet dog do I eat on the grill because I'm starving to death and I can't buy groceries and hmm, should I film myself uh, on uh, cooking dog tips? You know, because that's what you know in the post apocalypse. That's what pet dogs are. They're they're fast food for the apocalypse. But uh, uh, hopefully yeah. it won't come to that. Um, and. So, like, on that topic, you know what? It's just so unfair. Like, some people can have a temper tantrum, and that causes a war in Ukraine, and, like, civilians and soldiers on both sides, Ukrainian soldiers and Russian soldiers, they both die on a daily basis because of one man's temper tantrum. I'm talking about Putin. He has a temper tantrum, and it's okay. It's legal for him. Yeah, and I... I think capitalism definitely weakened the Russian army because if it had been the Soviet army, uh, it would have been a lot stronger. Now, granted, you still have some officers who had been around, but not many because Soviet Union fell apart in 1991 and the Russian army has been very inept, uh, very disorganized with supply and logistics and suffered really heavy casualties, including uh, senior officers. And so... Yeah, I mean, it's it's been coming for a while, and we've always, you know, instead of trying to work with Russia, we've been putting a, increasing the riff of Russia. That doesn't justify uh, Putin invading um, Ukraine, but yeah, the whole war in Ukraine's been a mess, uh, and the Russians have been been woefully incompetent and did worse than expected. Uh, you know, like when it comes to like, you know, drones and, you know, I don't know why they don't have, it used to be like the Russian armored brigades and Russian uh, armored divisions and regiments 
they used to have like a, a SAM missile battery and radar to be able to detect drones or, in a, or approaching aircraft of any sort and be able to shoot them down. Uh, they used to have better combined arms. So I think that, you know, Putin with the Russian oligarchs, they've kind of collapsed under their own greed because they have converted the capitalism to uh, the Russian army is definitely not nearly as effective as it was 31 years ago. Uh, because when it was the Soviet army, uh, they wouldn't have made those kind of mistakes. They had better combined arms tactics. They had better logistics. Uh, now it's all about, uh, you know, you got defense contractors from Russia who are responsible for a lot of the logistics and a lot of the supplies of the Russian army. And I think they're getting stiffed and he's getting stiffed by some of his own Russian oligarchs. And, and it's just as well for Ukraine. But, you know, at the same time, Ukraine's got several battalions of Nazis the Azov Battalion is not the only not, uh, neo-Nazi battalion in the army. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, Volensky, the president of Ukraine, um, you know, even admitted they are what they are. And he turned away, wouldn't look at the camera when he was interviewed about it. You could tell that he was afraid that this would hurt him politically. And I don't like that he is very authoritarian in the sense that he's banned other political parties by just accusing them of being pro-Russian, uh, I think it's very authoritarian in nature. So I don't think there are any good guys in this conflict. And the one thing I have to stress is Putin is not as isolated as they think he is. Mm -hmm. You know, as the you know Western media portrays, oh, he's very isolated from the world. No, China is still trading with Russia. Mm -hmm. And China voted against uh, you know, kicking out Russia, the Human Rights Council, the UN, uh, India abstained. A lot of your Middle Eastern countries abstained. So Russia is still able to trade with the Middle East. They're still able to trade with India. Uh, they're still able to trade with Russia. So it is literally a great divide between East and West. The one thing I worry about is this is going to fragment the global economy and the world as a whole. And you're going to have a separate economy for the East, separate economy for the West. And it's going to continue that way for decades. And it's going to widen the divide and increase the chance for World War III. That's what I worry about. Yeah. Um, and it also, in the long run, could hurt the U.S. economy because Russia is no longer taking... Russia is one of the largest suppliers of oil in the world. They're like in the top five. Oh, and yeah. oh. um, Russia is only taking payments in rubles. I know like this week, uh, Bulgaria and Poland got uh, cut off from Russian gas because they refused to pay in rubles. But yeah, so this is going to increase the price. Of yeah. gas, oil, uh, it may even lower the value of the dollar in the long run because now you have one of the top producers. Yeah, because we're still using the petrodollar, right? Yeah, you have one of the top producers of oil now only taking um, rubles instead of petrodollars. And they still have trade with Saudi Arabia, which abstained in the UN vote. They still have trade with Pakistan, India, China, you know, 
essentially the entire East. It's only the EU and the United States that have, you know, cut off and done trade sanctions with Russia. So, yeah, I don't I don't think it's good for the world in the long run to divide East and West. Uh, I don't like what Putin's doing, but I also think it's a mistake what the United States is doing. And you can't really claim neutrality when you're giving weapons to Ukraine. Um, but yeah, uh, this this riff in the global economy, which is uh, starting to widen, I'm worried that it's going to create the slow, long march to World War III. Um, it may not happen this year, but it might happen at some point in the next 10 or 20 years. Um, it depends. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think capitalism has definitely um, backfired in the Russian economy. And I think it has weakened the Russian army because they're dependent on third party military contractors to, to provide supplies and logistics. And you can tell that there's been a shortfall in that because somebody's pocketing the money. Um, so we shall see. Uh, I would have never predicted that the Russian army did so poorly. Um, um, we shall see. I don't know how long this war in Ukraine is going to last. I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. But yeah, we're down to about five minutes. So any last thoughts or words for now we're down to four minutes before we end this podcast? you have any other thoughts, Daniel? Yeah, like I was saying, it's, it's so unfair. One man has a temper tantrum. Oh, sorry, correction. I just checked my time. Yeah, we have... Yeah, we have... Uh, we started at 4.13. Yeah, we've got about... Uh, we've got about four minutes. So go ahead. Go ahead. All right, so it's, it's not fair. Like, one man has a temper tantrum, Putin... Gets a temper temper, and now you know, people die all over the place, right? In Ukraine, right? Yeah. Other people have a temper tantrum, and guess what? It's well, illegal, and they get arrested and harassed by the police. Does that seem fair? Uh, you're being very vague. It really depends on the context. When you're talking about nuance, yeah, I would take that on a case by case situation. I would need to know more. It's just, it's just like not fair, you know. Like it, it, people with power. Are you talking about yourself? Are you well, talking, I'm talking about-, about it's not not just myself, but other people? I mean, like people protest unfair treatment and they get thrown in jail and beaten. But other people, they protest and oh well, that is totally legal for them. It's, it's, it's this whole world is screwed up, you know. Well, I agree that the world, world is screwed up. Um, you know, I you know I don't know if there's going to be an easy fix for it. Um, there's pandemonium chaos everywhere. The cost of living, hyperinflation in the United States. I mean, they talk about hyperinflation when it comes to the cost of goods and food, but there's been hyperinflation when it comes to medical care, yeah. when it comes to rent. Um, you you can't even scrape by with a minimum wage job these days. Even yeah, with definitely. The, even with the California state minimum around. wage, you can't even scrape by you know california state minimum wage is 15 dollars an hour now but rent has gone up so high that it doesn't matter that's you still wouldn't even be able to afford a one-bedroom apartment yeah um 
you know, unless you're getting uh, rent assistance, but, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's hard with, uh, with, with these times, these are definitely troubling times. I don't know if it's going to get any better anytime soon. Mm. You know, you mentioned also, you mentioned, um, you mentioned something about like, you know, COVID kind of ending like a little bit, like now there's like only 300, 300 people a day. COVID restrictions have lifted businesses reopen. Um, have been lifted. Um, they Are got you? the vaccine now and with the, you know, with the majority of people in the United States being vaccinated, deaths are way down. So with the business restrictions lifted and people not working from home anymore and people not being able to draw unemployment anymore and getting out and about, there's definitely less demand for streaming services. That's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. So like, yeah, you know, um, but I heard that there's going to be more variants coming in the future, right? So it doesn't really matter if people are all... Well, yeah, there's already two new variants, but they has, there hasn't been much news about that. We, we shall see. We'll probably only make news if it kills a lot of people. But, I mean, at least, you know, headline news. But we shall see. It's hard to say. It's hard to say for sure. But we're almost out of time. we got one minute left. Any last okay. thoughts? Uh, I hope that the, the new episode of the last episode of Picard is going to be a, a really good one. I hope so. And I, I just, I remember seeing in a trailer when I think it was like a, I haven't seen the trailer for episode six. I'm like, sure they like, no, released like, uh, it by now, but we'll, we'll uh, the trailers? on that next week. Uh, they said like disco. We are out of time. We are out of time. Um, thank you, Daniel, for joining me. This has been episode 60 of The World is a Mess, and I just want to steampunk it. You have a nice day, and I will see you 25 billion years of will. Bye.